0: everybody. Thank you for joining me today. Appreciate you being here as often as you can be to share God's Word together and, you know, really enhance our walk with Him. How important is that? Just to draw closer and closer on a daily basis to the Lord. Today we begin a new series. I like this series. I like them all, but I like some better than others. And This is why I like this series. It's going to help us to see God, here it comes, in everyday life. Don't you want to see God in everyday life? I do. So I call the series, Everyday Sermons. And what's so good about this? See, we don't have to resign ourselves to seeing God on Sunday only, in church. You know, you go to church once a week, you hear the sermon, and that's it. You go six days with nothing. But we don't have to do that. Because when Jesus was conducting his ministry on the earth, he preached in parables. And in the parables, he used everyday things. Yeah, you know that. He talked about farmers and seeds and figs and children and baking bread. Talked about all kinds of stuff. And even though now he's in heaven, we know that, right? We still hear him and we can see him in the parables today. Why? Because the word of God is timeless. It spans every generation, every age. It never goes out of date. And these parables, they're about everyday life. That's what they are. That's why we can hear God in everyday life. When people hear the parables, they see not only everyday life, but you know what else they see? Their life. Jesus taught in such a way that without pointing to people, he got them to point to themselves, to see themselves. So we're going to learn in this series that God speaks through the seasons, God speaks through animals, God speaks through your work. And my hope today is that you would also see that God not just speaks about everyday life, but He speaks about your life. That's what we want to do. We want to make it personal. We need to be wise. So there is not a step that we take that we would not find some instruction from God. Okay? So today we're going to see that God speaks all day long. Oh, yes, He does. God is in the day. The things that we see around us are God's thoughts and God's words to us. Now, chances are, when you awakened this morning, you found yourself unclothed for the day. Yeah, you probably had your little jammies on, but you weren't clothed for what the day required, for the day's activities. So what happened? You began to dress properly for whatever it was that awaited you. Maybe it was work or work out, or maybe you have to wear a uniform. Did you ever wonder that through this exercise, God was speaking to you in a parable? Does God use this to say to us, what would it be like if when you waked from your vain dreams that you should wake up in eternity and find yourself naked? What will you wear when you face the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Didn't Jesus say in Revelation 19, verse 7, let us rejoice and be glad and give the glory to him? For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. And it was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. That's how we'll be dressed in eternity when the Father presents us to the Son. Jesus told of a wedding where a man did not have a wedding garment. And when he tried to get into the wedding, they threw him out. (laughs) He went out into utter darkness with his weeping and gnashing of teeth. What will you wear when the archangel blows his trumpet and the dead in Christ are raised? Will you be raised with a garment of righteousness that's waiting for you because of your good works? Can you confront God without a covering? Adam wouldn't dare to do it. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, he immediately went out and made an apron because he knew he couldn't stand before God naked. He knew it. So don't forget the clothing of your soul during this probationary period here on earth. That's what life on earth is a probationary period, a testing period for what really waits for us in eternity. It's an opportunity to gather our garments. Clothing of righteousness for when we face the Lord. So, after you rise and you dress for the day, you come down to your family and your children are there, and they're all having the morning meal. Could God be saying, to whom should a child go but to their parent? And what should they sit but at their father's table? Is there a sermon in breakfast where God is saying, come to my table? fellowship with me, dine with me first thing in the morning. And as you feed your children, can you hear God's sermon to you? Can you hear God saying, the way you provide for them, I provide for you? The way you care for them, I care for you? There's a sermon in the breakfast. In the wilderness, God sent them the bread of heaven, manna, angels' food, right? Deuteronomy 8.3. Moses, talking to the people, he humbled you and let you be hungry, and he fed you with manna, which you did not know. In other words, they didn't know where it came from. Nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Could it be that while you're having your breakfast, God is preaching to you saying, it's not just food for the body, but it's also food for the soul. Feed your soul before you face the day. Don't just feed your body. So you dress your body, you dress your soul. You feed your body, you feed your soul. Isaiah warned them, why do you spend money for what is not bread? And your wages for what does not satisfy What's Isaiah saying to Israel? He's saying, you guys are living in vanity. It's vanity. There's no nourishment in what you're doing. We can actually live a life and become anemic because we have no spiritual nourishment in our body or in our soul. Is the, is the warning from Isaiah still relevant today? Is it relevant to any of you that are listening? He's spending everything on vanity rather than what's eternal. And then you have your home, and you you go to your place of work. You get up, you get dressed, you eat, you leave, and you go to your place of work. And all the time you're working, God is speaking to your heart. See, God speaks all day long. And noontime approaches, and the sun is in its highest point. Can you hear God speak? He speaks in Psalm 84, verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So what's the sermon? At noontime, there's the sun that is brightest. It's a reminder. Oh, God is there. God is here with me. Even at my lunch hour, God is with me when the sun is at its height. And he withholds nothing good from those walk uprightly with him. He preaches in Psalm 113, verse 3, from the rising of the sun to the setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. So throughout the day, right, we watch the sun. It rises in the east, crosses the horizon, sets in the west. And what are we doing all the, all that time? Praising the Lord. Being ever mindful of the goodness of God. That's all. Are you ever mindful of the goodness of God? In Psalm 136, verse 8, the sun rules the day, and his loving kindness is everlasting. So the day is done. The sun goes down, and then the Lord reminds you of your death. See, at the end of the day, it's a picture of the end of life. And as one man said, Sons have their settings, and men have their graves. God speaks all day long. Job said, he trusts in his house, but it does not stand. He holds fast to it, but it does not endure. Who's he talking about? The natural-minded man. He puts his faith in that which is temporal, that which is not long-lasting, and it cannot stand the storm. Jesus said, We must work the works of him who sent me, as long as it is day. Night is coming when no work can be done. When is that? When you die. When we die, we can no longer do the work. Hey, you can't work for vain things, and you can't work for eternal things. It's over. The day is done. Isn't it interesting? It's like some many people live their lives as if they're never going to die. Many people live their lives as if they're never going to face God. They live their lives as if there is no accountability. Would you say that's most people? I would. Even some Christians live that way. So work while you have the light, because the time is coming when there will be no light. See, God is speaking all day long. So while you're working, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. And this is why. It is the Lord God you serve. Even when you go to work as a follower of Christ, you're working for God. That your workplace is your temple. It's your altar. And it's where you become a living sacrifice, giving honor and glory to God through the quality of the work that you do, through the cooperation that you provide to fellow workers, through the servant's heart that you have, by your loyalty to those that give you a paycheck every week. It's the Lord God whom you serve. Isn't that a good thing to remember? That in all that we do, we're actually serving God. Evening falls, and you light the candle. You know, candle's an interesting thing. I know in the summer, maybe you like to do this too. Sit outside, maybe you have a little patio or on your deck, and you light a candle at night. And I remember one night, sitting out in the backyard, the quiet of the night, had a candle burning on the table, And I watched the moth circle the flame. It seems to be drawn to the fire. It delights itself in the flame. And I wish it away, and I think it's learned its lesson. Moth, get away from that. That's dangerous for you. It's not a light bulb. It's a flame. It's going to burn your little wings. Get away. And I think, ah, smart moth. He listened. Only when I come back the next night, I find him lying dead in the wax. Isn't that God saying, you love the light of sin, but forget about the fire behind it? Didn't Solomon say, can a man take fire in his bosom and not be burned? Oh, sometimes we think sin, oh, it's really my friend. It makes me happy. It gives me joy. It satisfies me. And then we forget. It's destructive. And the payment is greater than the pleasure. That's what happens with sin. The payment is greater than the pleasure. As great as the pleasure is, and it is, that's why you do it. The payment is far greater. The hand of God tries to put us away from our own destruction but all we can do is resist the promptings. and Sometimes we do, and sometimes we don't. Is the fire that consumed the moth a picture, a warning of the fire that waits for the hardened center for us when we have our mind made up? That's it. I don't care. I want to be happy. I want to be satisfied. I deserve this. I'm tired of rules and regulations. I'll make my own rules. And God tries to whoosh us from the fire through his word, by his spirit, sometimes even by a child. And sometimes we listen, sometimes we don't. And when we don't, the payment is greater than the pleasure. See, God speaks all day long, from morning till evening. Now the day is over. And the time for you to lie down and rest has come. And you lock the door. That no one would get in. Remember back in the 60s? We didn't even lock our doors. But now we lock them. Times have changed. And all those that are considered unfriendly, they're kept out. That's why we lock our doors. But let me ask you. Are you locking the door? Are you locking the door, that your heart says, wait a minute, there's a knock. Who is it? It's Jesus, and he stands at the door, and he's knocking, and he wants to come in and fellowship. Have you locked the door of your heart to the friendly one? That's the question. Jesus told a story about a man who locked this door. He said, once the head of the household gets up and shuts the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock on the door, saying, Lord, open up to us. And he'll answer and say to you, I don't know you. Where are you from? See, the lock on the door is to keep out the unfriendly. And in Matthew chapter 7, there are those that are going to come to Jesus, and, Lord, we did many wonderful works in your name. Oh, we cast out Demons. We preached wonderful messages. Oh, we did it all. You must have been proud of us, Lord. And Jesus looks him in the eye and says, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who work lawlessness. See, the door has been locked. A time will come when God's justice will close the gates on mankind. And then the knocking of people will be in vain. They can knock, and they can knock, and they can knock. The door will not open. I wonder if it was like that with Noah, when God closed the door on the ark and the rain began to descend. And I wonder if the people were knocking on the the side of the ark, Noah, let us in. Let us in. Noah couldn't let them in if he wanted to. You know why? Because God closed the door. Noah didn't close the door. God did. What God closes, no man can open. What God opens, no man can close. And there's a door in heaven. And one day access to heaven will be stopped. And there'll no longer be any entrance into heaven once time has been fulfilled. That's why people right now need to think. They need to listen to God, that he's speaking all day long. And then the last thing we do, you go to sleep. And when you go to sleep, everything is forgotten. And now it's a time when you do no more. And this is when the Lord rewards you. You know, rest is a reward of a working man, right? And in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 12, the sleep of the working man is pleasant. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me to dwell in safety. Oh, he heard the sermon. And the Lord says to your heart, your day is done. Your life is finished. You are now going to enter into your eternal rest. And when you die, let it be with a greater brightness than when you lived. Because Jesus is still speaking. He's still speaking. From morning to noon to night. Everyday sermons. All day long. We wake up. We get dressed for the day. It's a reminder, I need a robe of righteousness if I'm going to be with God. We go to work. We do our work as unto the Lord. And at lunchtime, the sun is straight above as a reminder, the sun of righteousness is my protector and my provider. And at the end of the day, I go home. And I lock the door. And I keep out the unfriendly. But I know that God will not lock his door to me. I know he'll open it wide and invite me in and have fellowship with him. And when I go to sleep, I can have sweet dreams and rest because I work so hard all day. And my reward is rest and peace. To go to sleep in peace is one of the greatest rewards. If you have ears to hear, And a heart to understand, you will hear his sermons all day long. And if you hear those sermons, heed them, for they are your life. Look at what God has done. The church doesn't just have to be a building that you go to on Sunday. When you walk, when you wake up, you wake up in the church, and God is speaking. And when you leave your home, you're heading to the church, and God is speaking. And while you're working, you're in the church, and God is still speaking. And you come back home, and you're back in the other church, and God is speaking. And you go to your bedroom, and it's another church, and God is speaking. And then you go to the funeral home, and they lie you down. And God is still Speaking. Because God speaks all day long. Is it any wonder Jesus said after so many of his parables, He that has ears, let him hear? See, that's always the question. Am I getting what I'm hearing? Am I understanding what I'm hearing? That's the question. It's not a matter of listening. That's not what it's about. It's a matter of application. You know, I'm getting divine information for my soul, and what will I do with it? How will I let that impact me? That's the key. Do we let the Word of God impact us? It's effective, it's alive, it's powerful, but do we let it? Do we let the Word of God have its way with us? That's the key. How about this? Do we welcome the Word of God? When God speaks. Can you see God in your life? Can you see God in nature? Can you see God in children? Can you see God every time the wind blows? Can you hear him? Is he saying something to you? When the sun is shining? Can you hear the message? Can you hear the parable? That God is there to shine on you? And he shines on those who walk uprightly? Oh, we're we 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 we're surrounded by the voice of God. Surrounded. And those that are willingly deaf to God will miss out on everything that God has to say. And they're out there. Oh, yeah. Sadly, there's millions upon millions of them. They have made themselves deaf to God. They've stuck their fingers in their ears, and it's like they can't even get them out. They stuck them in too far, and they can't get them out. Oh, but if they could only hear the sweet sermons that God is preaching, it would set their souls free. It would show them what life is like, that life is worth living. Life is worth living when you hear the Master speak about it. And that's what he does. He speaks about it. So we're going to be hearing God speak as as we, next time we're together, God speaks, oh, you're to love this one. He speaks through the animals. Did you know that? Did you know that? See, this message, not this message, but God's message to people is so important. He has devised many, many ways to bring it to us. Because that's how vital it is to each and every one of us. He's hes hes come up with many ways to bring this message because it's that important. He speaks through animals. He speaks through the seasons, as we're going to see. You know, every season has a message. And God is saying, I'm making it so easy for you. And even the simplest of us can understand it. I'm glad of that, because that's me. The simplest of God's people can understand these messages. That's what God has done for us. So think about that. And he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Spiritual ears, spiritual eyes, because in that message there is spiritual food. And it's food for your soul. The body needs nourishment, but the soul needs nourishment as well. I really like this series I like. It. I hope you do I like the natural things the simple natural things where I can look out the window and the up there's a sermon right there listen we have other sermons for you too they're called the Hope Club get a daily devotional in your email box Monday through Friday it's an audio file set to music go to newhoperadio.live click the menu bar read all about it Basically, contribute $3 a week to New Hope Radio and you get the email Monday through Friday with a Tuesday challenge. Great way to start the day. Like I said, the soul needs nourishment. It's breakfast for the soul. So hope you'll sign up, keep us producing these messages, and you'll be able to walk worthy, walk righteously before the Lord. Thanks for coming along. I'll see you next time.